Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. We have another great show for you. Uh, later on, my Gazette colleague Adam Jenner will be back for his weekly look at high school football. My first guest is a legend in the sports information uh, directory uh, role. Uh, I've known this man ever since probably you know, for 30 years or so. And uh, he announced last week he's leaving the College of St. Rose uh, for life outside the college uh, sports world. Let's welcome David Alexander to the podcast. David, how are you doing? And you're crushing me with this. <laughs> so, uh, I'm doing great, Ken. You know, a lot, a lot of emotions for sure. Uh, certainly, um, bittersweet leaving St. Rose. You know, it's been such a part of my life for for the past thirty years. Um, so, but I'm well. But I, you know, I made a promise myself, you know, along the way that, you know, athletics communications, you know, would not be the last chapter of my professional career, and that, you know, I had. Some other things to do, whether it be inside or outside of college athletics, and, you know, the, the time is just right. So, What are you uh, going to do? I'm going to be um, doing communications work for the New York State Bar Association. So I won't be going far. I'll be going from Midtown Albany to, to right downtown. So um, St. Field, you know, there's different realm, though. Hanging out with some lawyers, huh? Yeah, hanging out and helping out some lawyers. That's it. So... <laughs> Well, what got you interested in uh, becoming a sports information director? Were you, were you, weren't you the first one there at St. Rose? I was the first full-time one, yes. They had a few students who did it and a couple of grad students um, who did it before me, but I was the first, first full-time um, person there, you know. Um, as far as, you know, you know, you talk about, you know, getting, getting into profession, um, it's kind of ironic because when um, – you know, when I, when I was in school, I never imagined that I, that I would get into athletics or sports. You know, my uh, I was a journalism major, and my interest was really, um, you know, along the lines of politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always thought um, that I would that I would go that route. But um, when I was in school, you know, it, it really started with the sports editor for the school paper. Um, I'm a mater at the University of Rhode Island. Um, he didn't want to cover the football team some reason and so he asked me you know I, I was doing some new story for a paper and he asked me hey you want to cover a football team i was like yeah sure and you know the only reason i did it was because i knew you know the um we, we published tuesday through fridays that on tuesday if you read story in the sports section i get a byline and and maybe i have a chance to meet a few people um in the press box and you know and it kind of morphed from there kind of morphed from there i should say so that that was really a start yeah, I mean, I, I interned for my, my junior year of fall semester at uh, York College of Pennsylvania as a sports information director. And it was also at that time I was taking a journalism class. Uh, it was being taught, taught by two members of the York Daily Record. And that was a town that still, it still has two newspapers in it. And uh, one of the requirements was a one-day internship. And I got to do write a story. And the uh, sports editor asked me if I wanted to you know, do some part-time work. And I said... Do I get paid? He said, yeah. So okay. I said, okay. So, But the funny thing was, the, the other paper got a little ticked off because now I'm writing these press releases, and now they think I'm going to be favoring the other paper, so I couldn't put my name on the press releases. Sure, sure. 
But uh, yeah, it was a yeah, crazy time. But uh, yeah, as I talk about that, I, I think about it's almost like it was a, an ancient time because you, you didn't have computers basically, uh, no internet. And I and I did I I it was a statistician for the basketball team, uh, two years with the baseball team, two years with the women's volleyball team. And it was phone calls. You called the yeah. newspapers. You called the TV stations. You had the information. Uh, just talk about how different it is. You know, just you know, with that kind of role and how it has advanced uh, over the last thirty years. Yeah, it's only changed quite a bit. I mean, when I first, I, I my first stop, um, you know, on a college campus in athletic communications office was a postgraduate internship. Um, at UMBC, you know, Maryland, Baltimore County, mm-hmm. um, down there. And I remember, yeah, you know, we, we have a basketball game and I would, um, you know, I have a box score in front of me where that we recorded by hand during the game and calling up the newspapers and literally reading off box score. Yeah. Someone who was typing it in the agate and, you know, and for pregame, you know, to put together rosters and the notes, you know, I, I would call up the opposing SID, and we would literally dictate rosters to each other, you know. Number one, John Smith, 5'10", freshman guard from Baltimore, Maryland, you know. Yeah. Um, Chesapeake High School, major, you know, communications major. Number two, you know, John Doe, <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. And it was really, you know, detail-oriented, and, you know, it had to be meticulous, and, and things like that, and, and things move pretty slowly. But we got them done, you know. Um, I, I miss that in a lot of ways. I miss talking to my colleagues and, and we, you know, that aspect and getting to know them really well on that level and getting to know, though, their, their take on their teams and stuff. I, that is one part that I've always missed. I mean, and, and we're at a point today where, you know, we're, we're stats, I mean, we're pushing out stats as they happen live, yeah. you know. As the game goes on, you know, we're, we're producing, you know, a live video stream that for St. Rose, we touch the world with that. You know, we have people all over the country and all over the world watching, watching our teams play live um, via the internet. So it's it's changed a lot. So, I, you know, I've gone from, you know, dictating rosters over the phone and dictating notes over the phone to when I first got to St. Rose in order to, you know, we, we got into the world of fax machines and, even then, um, the facts of box score um, to the newspapers and the TV stations, I started to walk across campus because we only had about two fax machines on campus at the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. just do that. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, and, and, and today we're kind of, in, in some ways, in a lot of ways, we're our own, you know, media and stuff, producing shows and, like I said, producing live, you know, live content. Yeah, back then uh, when you were interning at UMBC, I think, by the way, wasn't UMBC a Division Three? Because I think we have... I, we may have played at uh, UMBC when I was at your college at a couple of basketball I, games. I, I know they were at Division Two for a long time. Yeah, two was it two? Division Two school for a long time. And when I got there, they had just gone Division One, and they were actually independent at the time when, when I was okay. there. Okay. Yeah, because I remember, we, I think we did play, we went down, I think they were in Catonsville at the time. Uh, yes, yeah. that's where it is, yep. yeah. Um, but I also, you know, you talk about the press releases, I think back then it was typewriters. I mean, do, do anybody, does anybody have typewriters anymore? Typewriters and mimeograph machines and spilling ink all over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mentioned yeah. The, yeah, you mentioned the uh, aspect of, um, you know, Calling people. I mean, I remember you, you call us with the games. And I we, we joke around a little bit. Uh, 
that's a let's loss. We, we, as you mentioned, yeah. Yeah, it's all emails, and it's. And I, I have a complaint with the high. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But it's all emails, and everything is look good. But you don't lose that. You lose that uh, personal touch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you you really do, and you really need to make an effort to try to do that. And it's it's hard. I know myself and, and all my colleagues with everything that goes on um, these days in the profession. It's it's just hard. I mean, we're just trying to take it day by day and, and get through the day um, with so many things going on now. Um, We've really been stretched in different directions, so it, it's tough to make those. Yeah, to, to just pick up the phone and, and talk to people. I, that's one of the things. That's why I probably miss the most. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you as, as you mentioned, I mean, it seems like with, with internet's and all and the computers and all that stuff, it seems it would be easier. But as you mentioned, you have to do a lot more now with video streams and uh, live stats. I mean, it's, in a way, is it it's a job? It's a job harder now than it was when you first broke in. No, no doubt about it. You know, um, oh, the social media aspects, uh, and this isn't just me. This, this is, you know, every, you know, athletic entity in the college campus across across the country, really. You know, there are generally more teams. There are more student athletes. Um, so there's, there's a lot more to cover on, on a wide, wide range of topics. And, and, you know, just keeping up with the technology, you know, you, you kind of get accustomed to, to one aspect of it, and then, you know, something changes or something new comes around that, that you need to look into. So it's, yeah, it, it's it's very challenging, you know, and trying to reach, you know, different demographics. You know, if we're not updating our social media and Instagram sites, then, you know, we're missing a big part of our demographic, our, our students and, and our young alumni. But if the box score is not in the newspaper <laughs> either, you know, we're, we're missing another key part of our demographic. You know, there's our older alumni, and that's still how they get their news. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, trying, trying to meet all those needs, sure, it's a challenge. Yeah, as I was to mention, I mean, it seems like in this day, you know, people have it easier to get the information to us. And this is probably my one frustration with high school sports around here. They don't do it. I mean, they don't provide, when they do send stuff, they don't provide first names. It's like, you know, what's the point of sending stuff for? They send stuff a day late, and it's like it's 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 frustrating. As I said, I, I did that for four years. Your college, I did it two years at my high school in suburban Philadelphia, Holyoke's Prep, and I always I took pride in making sure I had information correct. And I, I just don't. I think that's a lost art. Without a doubt, without a doubt, but, but you know, it's still no. You don't ask why athletics communications professional. I told Tom this today. It's all in the details. Really, that's, you know, anyone who does this job well is very detail-oriented, and it's all in the details, and it's checking, and it's rechecking, and, um, you know, making sure things are right, and you're still going to make mistakes, and it's even harder today, you make mistakes, because now your mistakes are public, yeah. <laughs> and people respond to them, so, yeah, true. That's, so yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, you know. I mean, you've had you have a remarkable career, you had some memorable uh, teams to cover, the women's soccer, uh, the men's basketball, what was that? You know, during their runs to the NCAA, what was that like? Um, it, it, it was, you know, it, it was thrilling and it was exhausting at the same time. You know, um, it was such a, they were such great opportunities for us. Um, no one from an athletic standpoint, from an institution standpoint, and, and really gave some great visibility to the College of St. Rose and, and helped us, you know, put us on the map. Um, you know, the 
couple of things, you know, that certainly stand out. But, you know, we're in the 90s, great men's basketball teams. And, and the continued run, you know, of our, our women's soccer team, you want to be around that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's that's fun. You know, you, you, you want to be good. You want to be able to promote big things. Um, you know, I, I say, you know, a couple of things that stand out. You know, our women's soccer team, you know, I don't think, I don't, think, and I could be wrong, but I honestly don't think, you know, that there's another college athletic program in the capital region that really has a honest chance of having national championship aspirations year in and year out. And I could be wrong there, mm-hmm. you know, I could be wrong, I could be missing something, but they certainly do. They're one in the few, if not be one, there's certainly one in the few that have, you know, real, you know, I can really talk about that and that being realistic. So that's something, you know, that um, that really is a feather in the cap of the institution and the coaches and all the administrators. But, yeah, that's just, um, you know, it's fun to be around. But, you know, doing that stuff from a professional standpoint, it's also, you know, it's challenging. You know, we, um, you know, I remember in 2011, you know, when we won the Women's Soccer National Championship, I mean, to get there, we hosted three rounds of conference playoff games. Mm-hmm. We hosted four rounds of NCAA tournament games. Um, and then we went to the national championship. And, it, you know, great things happen and you get a lot of conference, but it's tiring. Because it, it's, you know, the communication professional, the trainers, it's a lot of work. A lot of work on the coaches, you know. Because all that's going on and then all the winter sports is starting as well. Yeah. So, so it, it's good. You know, it's enjoyable. I don't think, you know, one of the regrets I have, I'm not sure if I appreciated the moment enough because I was caught up so much in it and stuff. So, and then when you do get back, you know, you're on to another season. You know, it's basketball season, swimming and diving and indoor track and into the indoor season. So, I think that's one thing that I, I probably should have done is, is really appreciated some of those moments a little more. But it, it was hard to do in real time. Yeah. You're so caught up in it. Yeah. Was there were there any aspirations uh, moving up to a Division One program? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I've been, you know, I, I've had, you know, there've been opportunities along the way. Um, to me, I, um, I never viewed things as I want to go to a D one school or or whatever professional level. If I was going to go someplace, you know, it was going to be somewhere where that was successful. And where I could be successful, and you know, I always thought that you know, if you know, an institution is successful across the board in its athletic programs, that that doesn't happen by mistake. So I was never really the D one thing, but if you know, if, it, if there was going to be a move, it would be to some place like that. And and I had a couple of D one offers, you know, honestly along the way the past thirty years come my way, but the time just wasn't right. You know, whether it was the place or where I was in my life. Um, the time just wasn't right. What so, we, and, ahead, you know, it's been fun to say, Rose, because, you know, I've been able to do a lot there. You know, yeah. I, um, we had, like I said, we had, we had great teams and stuff like that. The, you know, our, our basketball teams doing, you know, doing the 90s and all those great runs, and men's and women's basketball teams to through the NCAA tournament and, and going to the lead eights and, you know, Brock Joseph, you know, an NBA prospect. And I was, here I was SID at a Division II school, you know, dealing with the NBA. Yeah. You know, and not, and not many people get to do that. And, and I had opportunities to do that, and it was great. What will you miss about it? I'll, I'll miss being on a college campus, and I'll miss being around students. 
You know, I, I just just the unique. You know, I always said it that there's a unique energy around the college campus, and I just love going to work every day and just being around it and and seeing the kids and talking to the kids and just there's just just a special vibe about it, and I'll miss that the most. Well, David, I'll miss you and your emails and your phone calls. I've missed your phone calls, obviously. You haven't been told, can you ever call me anymore? But uh, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's, 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 like I said, it's a different business now, and uh, this is the way it is. And, and it's probably going to be that's the way forever until somebody uh, until somebody destroys the internet or something. Sure. So, sure. David, I appreciate no. all you've done. You've done a marvelous you. uh, work in over your 30 years at St. Rose, and much appreciate you coming on the podcast, and uh, good luck with uh, your new job. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate, you know, all your help as well. It's been great, great knowing you guys. Yeah. do great work, so well, same here. Thanks, David. That's David Alexander. I'll be back with Adam Schindler. We'll talk some high school football in just a moment. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. I'll never forget the day I decided to go out for the football team. Mr. Banks, the JV football coach and my history teacher, asked me to stay after class. I thought I was in trouble. He said, hey, Darius, have you thought about going out for football? I think you'd be great. Fact is, I never played football. Fact is, I never had anyone tell me I'd be great at something. So, with no experience at all, I signed up. And a week later, I padded up and was running drills on the field. I never was great, but playing high school sports was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I was accepted by my teammates, and I learned that when someone believes in you, you can believe in yourself. Encourage a student you know to take part in a high school sport. This message presented by NISFA and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is Daily Gazette sports reporter Will Springstead. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. It's week five of the high school football season, and Adam Schinder is here to join us. And uh, Adam, we saw another overtime game last Friday night, Shaker and Shen, and uh, Shen pulls it out. Yeah, they're going overtime every week <laughs> on, uh, on these Spectrum <laughs> games, and uh, Shen nearly... Uh, seals the game in regulation as a touchdown run called back. Shaker comes back, ties it 14-14 late in regulation. Shen gets its fourth turnover inside its own territory, uh, the game to end Shaker's offensive possession. And then uh, Henry Picard, uh, big run to, to end it. And Shen, they didn't beat Shaker for 10 years. They've now done it. They did in the playoffs last year. They did in the regular season this year. And the Plainsmen are off to a very, very good start with a, with a pretty young team. Yeah, we have, the, we have the showdown coming up. We'll talk about that a little bit with CBA and Shen. And, you know, if we look at the power rankings right now, CBA, Shen, 1-2. You follow that with Saratoga Springs, Shaker, and Gildeland. Yeah, tiny little bit of movement uh, in Class AA as Shaker... Uh, suffers its third loss of the year. They drop down to number four. Shaker's three losses to CBA Syracuse, CBA Albany, and to Shenandoah by a grand total of 14 points. Two of them are in overtime. This team is uh, has had some trouble finishing games, but they are very, very good, and they have a chance uh, to get themselves uh, pretty much solidify their playoff positioning this week. Yeah. Um, look at the Class A. Uh, you know, Burn Hills, Boston Lake, Amsterdam, uh, Amsterdam was another wild game uh, last week in the, the tie between Niskew and Avril Park. And Niskew with an impressive win at Boston Spa. 
and LaSalle at number five with balls and spot receiving votes. Yeah, Burn Hills, uh, Burn Hills three and one, but they've done absolutely everything right uh, so far. They only lost CBA by 17 points back in week one. They've absolutely crushed their three Class A uh, opponents so far. Amsterdam, they're the last remaining unbeaten uh, in Class A. Overall, there's a few teams still unbeaten in, in league play. But they go out, they score a lot of points. Uh, their quarterback, Jai Vallon, is on the precipice. He's on pace to put up a 2,000-1,000 season with passing and rushing yards. Uh, and their wide receiver, Caesar Thompson, who's as electric in the ball, with the ball in his hands as anyone in Section 2, is going to threaten a lot of the Section 2 receiving records this season. Niski Yunus started things out pretty rough. They've looked really, really good the past couple of weeks. Big win for them over Boston Spa. Averill Park put up a lot of big plays away from Troy last week. Uh, and LaSalle's kind of flown under the radar. They've won three straight after they uh, had a really, really tough Let's go play CBA and Shen in the first two weeks of the season. <laughs> How surprising was that Niskuna victory? I mean, they go to ball spot and basically control the game. It was a big league at halftime. Yeah, the closest thing to surprising is if we had a common opponent uh, for both of them. They both played Saratoga. Early in the season, Boston Spa beat Saratoga. Saratoga beat Niskayuna. So the old transitive property did not uh, work particularly well in this one. Niskayuna uh, has some has some youth at certain positions. They're getting a new quarterback in there. Uh, they really kind of defined their running game uh, this past week. Uh, and they've got a couple of really, really explosive players. Uh, they use a couple of different quarterbacks in the in the uh, Ethan Gilson and then the freshman Cam Grasso, uh, Davion Wimberly, their wide receiver, is really getting into the groove, and uh, they found a couple of running backs as well. It's a Niski unit team that had some high hopes heading into the season, so we'll see if they can really kind of uh, get themselves straight. And it's going to help because they are in a position to to really contend for a playoff spot that they just missed out on last year. Mm. Class B, the top three teams remain the same: Glens Falls, Gloversville, Ravenna, Coyman, Selkirk, and then flip flop. Where Scotia goes to four and Shaman drops to five. Yeah, which is a pretty simple head-to-head flip. They played. It was six to nothing. Uh, Scotia pulls out a big win. Uh, that's a game that's really going to be big for the Tartans. Uh, that if they can, they've got a game coming up against Lansingburg, and that can pretty much lock them into the fourth uh, Class B playoff spot. Uh, Ravina has lost a couple of games. They lost to Glens Falls. They went out of section, lost to uh, O'Neill from section nine last week. And then we get Glens Falls and Gloversville. They're both undefeated. This week we'll see uh, who gets the inside track to the top seat. And we'll talk about that game in a little bit. Class C, uh, Skylerville stays at one. Warrensburg League, George uh, North Warren moves up from a tie to second to taking second uh, overall. Fonda Fultonville uh, was in that tie last week. They're third. And then Susan Falls, Tamarack, and Stillwater with uh, Broad Island, Perth, and Coble School, Richmondville getting votes. Yes, yeah, Schuylerville has destroyed every Class C opponent that it's faced. they got a couple of shutouts so far. They look like the Schuylerville that we've seen for the last few years. Warrensburg, Lake George, North Warren, all they've done is outscore the teams they've faced 299-24. to 24, Which is very, very good <laughs> I would for, think. The, for, the, for those of you maybe who don't follow football at a very statistical level... <laughs> 299 to 24 through five games is good. Uh, Fonda Fultonville's pretty much done the exact same thing. They just had one close game uh, playing out of section against Central Valley Academy in, in week zero. Who's at Falls Tamarack lost to uh, lost to Schuylerville in week one. They've gone out. They've had three really impressive games in a row. And then Stillwater is the up and down team uh, right now. Their three wins are by an average of 43 points. Their two losses are by an average of 35 points. No, that's crazy. So, Class D, uh, Cambridge-Salem remains on top. Flip-flop, uh, Chatham goes from 3-2. to two. Greenwich, 2-3. to th- uh, 
Two to three, Voorheesville, and then Canajari, four points. Yeah, Chatham uh, continues to move up. Impressive win over Voorheesville. Greenwich uh, lost to Cambridge-Salem uh, this past week. Voorheesville and Canajari, Fort Plain. Uh, those two teams are going to fight it out in a couple of weeks in a game that should pretty much determine the last uh, Class D playoff spot. Canajari, Fort Plain had a tough schedule Early on, they had an early game with Cambridge-Salem. They came back and nearly uh, knocked off Greenwich. They won their game this past week 67-6 to against Caradour and Cat- or against uh, Corinth, Fort Edward, Hadley, Luzerne in the world of Class D mergers with very long names. Impressive win, and uh, they could possibly uh, be a team to, to make some noise uh, if they can get into the playoffs. All right, well, let's look ahead to the games this weekend. Uh, we got two Class AA games that are highlighted. Let's start with the, the big one, CBA and Shen. Yep, the, uh was probably the game of the year so far in Section 2 rematch of last year's Super Bowl. Two undefeated teams uh, that I wrote in my uh, column, uh, my point after column this, uh, this past Monday, really profile very, very similarly. Uh, they both played LaSalle early on in the season, mm-hmm. dispatched them pretty handily. They've uh, The only teams that have tested them, so both teams so far, has been Shaker. Overtime wins against both of them. Both have pretty good but relatively inexperienced offenses and then some really, really good players on defense. Uh, probably the two best pass rushers in the whole section are CBA's Chuck Volans and Shen's Cody Smith. Both guys probably going to play uh, D- D1 or high-level D2 football. Uh, and CBA is still missing who would be their best, the best probably uh, tight end defensive end in the entire section, uh, David Clement, who's missing the whole year with an injury. Uh, but just a tremendous, tremendous uh, matchup here that's not going to... We've seen a lot of wildness in Class AA in recent years. You know, last year, these two teams met in the Super Bowl as the number three and four seeds. So who knows how it how it folds out at the end of the year. Both teams already played overtime games. But this is a statement game, especially if Shen can win this. That This is a pretty young team with only seven total returning starters that really found its groove in the back half of last year, that they've really found it in the front half of this year. And the other Class A, uh, I'm sorry, Class A game, Shaker at Sar- uh, Saratoga Springs. Yeah, really, another. it's another prove-it game uh, for Saratoga, who has gone out and taken care of business three set in, in Class uh, in class AA. They're 4-1 and one right now. Really, really impressive turnaround after a couple of uh, rough years. Went out last week, and Schenectady is a team that's struggling, but they were starting a freshman, Jack Ringabar, coming up from JB to replace their injured quarterback, Rodell Evans. This game, Saratoga, uh, they kind of behind, we kind of don't think about this. They're still undefeated in Class AA. If we get a Saratoga win and a Shen win, that game next week is going to be for the number one seed when we get to the playoffs. It's also possibility if one of those teams loses, the winner of that game could end up being the other team that plays at home in the first round of the playoffs. So that's another huge game coming up. And Shen Saratoga, that's be the old-time old football. Oh, the old-school rivalry. rivalry. <laughs> uh, let's go to Class A and the game that uh, we talked about. You know, it's going to be televised by uh, Spectrum News 1, and we're wondering if it'll go overtime for a fourth straight week, Balsa Spa at April Park. Yeah, pretty much just putting it on the list uh, for that reason. For Class Class A is kind of playing all crossover games this week. There's no division games. So just some interesting matchups. And B-Spa, April Park, you know, two teams, big, two teams, physical football. And yeah, we've seen so many wild games uh, on, that have been televised so far this year. This one's just, this one's just interesting uh, and a big, uh, it's a momentum get back for Boston Spa uh, to see what they can do is they are going to 
be behind the eight ball a little bit, trying to make the playoffs, and then Averill Park uh, trying to keep up some momentum as they head back into the Capital Division and the insanity that usually occurs inside that division. Of course, it doesn't game go. Doesn't that game doesn't go overtime? We'll have to figure out what uh, kind of wild uh, suit code Chris Watson wears a play by play guy. So uh, let's uh, look at Class C, and uh, it's the Long Main Bowl. Uh, Hoosick Falls, Tamarack at Warrensburg, Lake George, North Warren. Yeah, two two uh, two teams, five schools, and possibly a whole lot of points. Uh, Hoosick Falls has Hoosick Falls, Tamarack has looked really, really good uh, since playing Schuylerville, and then Warrensburg, Lake George, North Warren. What can we say about what they've done so far? They, Stillwater was probably the first thing close to a test that they faced all season, passed it with flying colors, 54-18 win, the running back Brody McCabe put up a 200-plus rushing yards. This is the game, if they win here, then we're really going to be looking forward to that matchup with Skylerville, uh, and we'll really see what the Class C hierarchy looks like. A couple of Saturday games highlighted, we'll start in Class A with Amsterdam at Burnt Hills, Boston Lake. Yep, two teams that have been absolutely terrific so far this season. Amsterdam, uh, we talked about it earlier. Probably the most entertaining offense in all of Section 2. It's a, it's an offense that's really probably the most modern in Section 2. They spread the field four, sometimes five wide receivers. Jai Vallon puts the ball in the air. He's Caesar Thompson's his favorite receiver, but he's got a bunch of really good ones uh, available. And then, uh, But Amsterdam, as we've said so often, plays crazy games. 50-42 last week. Game ends just before 10.30 p.m., Multiple Amsterdam players injured. Apparently some pretty uh, serious injuries that could cost them a good amount of time. So we'll see what the Rams look like. And then for Burnhills, this is their first real test uh, in, in Class A. I mean, so far they haven't really had to face any of the top-level teams. So uh, it's, a, it's a potential playoff potential uh, playoff preview for those two teams. And uh, really interesting to see how it plays off. And then in Class B, uh, Gloresville, Glens Falls. Yeah, this is... Uh, Two undefeated teams, and the winner more than likely is going to be the number one seed heading into the playoffs. That you know turned out didn't matter last year. Both uh, number one, no, both division winners last year in Class B lost in the semifinals. Uh, same as uh, as in Class A, where the top two seeds both lost. Gloversville's big and physical, and a really really tough football team to play against. Their running back Kyle Robert, uh, their quarterback Kalen Porter have been playing fantastic football. And then Glens Falls, another team that really spreads things out. Uh, their quarterback, Carson Rath, has some big games so far. A lot of different targets uh, he likes to use. So a really, really interesting game uh, up in Glens Falls on that on that turf. Let's talk a quickly quickly about uh, our Philadelphia sports teams. The Eagles, uh, 4-0, you know, spot of Jacksonville, 14 points on Sunday. They win that game by 8. Uh, so they have a good matchup coming up with the Arizona Cardinals. And... Our Phillies, finally, yeah, le- finally. Eleven, eleven, <laughs> eleven years. They had the uh, they had the longest playoff drought in Major League Baseball for about four days yeah. uh, after the Seattle Mariners clinched their spot. Now it belongs to the Detroit Tigers and the Los Angeles Angels. Who, as I pointed out on Twitter uh, after it happened on Monday night, the Los Angeles Angels have not made the playoffs since 2015. <laughs> They've employed Mike Trout for that entire <laughs> time and Shohei Otani for most of it. But the Phillies. Uh, very, very excited for whatever that's going to be. It's basically, with this team, it was get to the playoffs and see what happens. Yeah. Anything that happens from here on out is a bonus. This team was dead in the water uh, multiple times in the season, but especially at the end of May and the beginning of June. And the Eagles, uh, what can you say about what this team has done so far? It's been probably it's been the most impressive thing in the NFL uh, so far this season. An offense that you really cannot find a way to solve right now. Uh, 
even when they struggle to pass, the running game has been so, so terrific uh, with an offensive line that is just as good as any I've seen in a while in the NFL. And a defense that struggled week one against uh, against Detroit, but I think we've learned that Detroit's going to do that to pretty much everyone. Yeah. In the last three weeks, they have allowed four offensive touchdowns uh, and really, really looking good. The front's looking good, and uh, they've seen cleaned up a lot of issues that they've had over the last couple of years. The secondary, the linebacker core, when they're playing well, and then you have a pass rush where Hassan Reddick uh, has really found himself in the past couple of weeks. Very, very excited. Really want them to find someone who can return the kick. Yeah, that's true. At least Riker's not doing it anymore. Anyway, well, we'll talk next week for week six. It'll be an interesting uh, week five, and I uh, appreciate you coming on, Adam. All right, thank you very much. All right, that's Adam Shindel. We'll be back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winners in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest and You Pick'em Football Contest. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. High school sports don't just happen. There's a ton of work that goes into every single athletic event. And we have our school's athletic director to thank for a lot of it. Thank you. For scheduling officials so I can always play the game I love. For ordering quality athletic equipment so I can stay safe on the field. For mentoring my coaches so they can be the best role models for me. For coordinating transportation so I can get focused for the big game. For helping us develop character and learn lessons that will benefit us for the rest of our lives. Thank you to our AD for always creating a positive experience for us. We'll never forget it. From all of us at the NIAAA, thank you to every athletic administrator in New York for all you do to enrich the lives of your students. It does not go unnoticed. This message presented by the NIAAA, the National Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Caliendo, pretending to be Morgan Freeman, maybe even a little bit of John Madden or Robert Downey Jr., a comedian, impressionist, playboy philanthropist, maybe not the last two. And you're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Back to wrap up the podcast. The week four winner in the Daily Gazette's You Pick'em Football contest was Penelope Bodner of East Greenbush. Penelope wins a $100 Hannaford gift card. Congratulations, Penelope. The VIP winner was Tom Cotuno of BL's Tavern and Grill. I was 11-5 last week while Adam Schinder was 9-7. On the season, Adam is 37-26-1. I am 33-30-1. I'll announce the winner of the You Pick'em Football Contest, and that winner's name will appear in Thursday's Daily Gazette. To play in the contest, go to dailygazette.com and click on the You Pick'em Football banner. The Week 31 winner in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest was Dave Clements of Mechanicville with 40 points. Dave wins a $50 ShopRite gift card. Congratulations, Dave! The VIP winner was Dwayne Leach of All Seasons Equipment with 40 points. I'll announce the winner of the Auto Racing Contest, and that winner's name will appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. To play in the contest, go to dailygazette.com and click on the Auto Racing Contest banner. Keep checking out DailyGazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on how COVID-19 is affecting us in the capital region. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this situation. We appreciate the job you're doing in this difficult time.
If you have not gotten vaccinated, please do so. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. And do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I want to thank David Alexander and Adam Schinder for coming on the show. I'll have a college hockey podcast for you on Thursday. We'll have interviews with members of the Union men's and women's hockey teams, as well as the RPI men's team, which opens the regular season Friday against Mercyhurst at Houston Fieldhouse. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I am Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports.